It's the Brad and Brit cast. Thanks again for coming with us here. We're live in the 1.30 Eastern hour uh, as we uh, do this on Thursday. And uh, there will be none of this silliness next week. Uh, Brit and I are being sent to separate, mind you, separate what they call re-education camps. That's right. And we're going to learn what's what's important, what really matters. Okay, <laughs> let's just start with maybe the greatest minute and a half of intelligence, education, <laughs> brilliance that's ever been heard. And remember <laughs> last night, Britt, I texted uh, you and John the Catholic that uh, something important was about to happen on your TV. Yeah. And you know what? I I undersold it because it ended up being greater than, than I ever imagined. <laughs> um, actually, I had headlined this when I was going to do this as part of uh, pick one of these. It was going to be Don kicks it up yet another nutty notch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and remember, this came at the end of what had to have been uh, the greatest day in his life ever. Okay, getting tagged by the attorney general of New York. Excuse me, being attacked by a racist black woman. Right there, New York. Right. Uh, So here he is in the warm clutch, the bosom of the Hannity. And by the way, if you've uh, seen it or you just seen the hilarity of the setting, it's as if. He's either in Buckingham Palace or some part of the White House that you've never seen here. Well, fuck, it's fucking Mar-a-Lago. So he's got yeah. these, these gold-leafed rooms of just opulent nothingness. And where he's sitting there to make you think that you're still listening to someone who has some real power. Okay? Well, that's just a kind of a sideshow. Here you go. Roll it, big guy. Because I, I think this is the next logical question. Because the president of the United States, you, unlike, say, Hillary Clinton in her case, right. a president has the power to declassify. Right. All right. So you get ready. For, that's the setup there. The Hillary part's coming a little bit further in. <clears throat> okay. You have said on Truth Social a number of times you did de- declassify. I did declassify. Is there a process? What was your process? Uh, and by the way, if he says it on Truth Social that he did declassify, as you know, then it's a fact, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a process, as I understand it. You know, there's different people say different right. things, but as I understand it, it doesn't have to be. If you're the president of the United States, you can declassify. What do you mean? As I understand it, you were the fucking president for four years. This isn't hearsay. This isn't, well, maybe this is true. Nobody would have ever discussed it with me, and I would have never inquired about it during the. No, no, as I understand it, oh, man. Just by saying um, it's declassified, even by thinking about it, because you're sending it to Mar-a-Lago or to wherever you're. Sending. All right, the I'm just thinking about it. Now it's declassified. Of course, that's the the great takeaway number one that he's come up with a new way to describe his powers. Yeah, because previously, previously it was you wave your hands over and go hocus pocus. It's declassified. Now all you got to do is think about it. Right. It's kind of like 
you know, if I just think hard enough about it, let's say I'm having drug problems. If I just think hard enough about it, they'll go away. They do. See, there's the there's the picture. If you're watching, there's the picture Brad was talking about of the uh, opulent setting. <laughs> and there doesn't have to be a process. There can be a process, but there doesn't. What do you mean there doesn't have to be? A... Yes, there does. Nope, he said Just there wasn't. Because you say it to Sean fucking Hannity, nope. and he bobs his head up and down as if he's really believing what you're saying. And I guess maybe he does. What do you think, Britt? Have we ever decided which one of the two was more believing in the bullshit, Hannity or Limbaugh? Did we ever figure that out? I believe at this point, and I, I don't, I don't know if I have an answer for you, but I believe at this point, even Sean is thinking, "Oh shit, we're in deep now." I've fucked up and he's really, he's really screwing himself. I think even Sean is thinking that as we're going and he's thinking there's gotta be a way we can edit this so that he doesn't admit this. And this doesn't air. There's gotta be something that no, Sean's even thinking. It. it ran as a, it absolutely. The president, you make that decision. So when you send it, it's declassified. We, I declassified everything. What do you mean? When you send it, it's declassified. What does that mean? Hmm. When, what do you mean? When, when I send it from the White House illegally to Mar-a-Lago, it's declassified. What the fuck is wrong with him? What? Now, I declassified things, and we were having a lot of problems with NARA. You know, NARA uh, is a radical left group of people running that thing. And when you send documents over there, I would say there's a very good chance that a lot of those documents will never be seen again. There's also a lot of speculation because of what they did to severity. Is he referring to the National Archives, NARA, I That's believe? That's what he means. That's what he means. It's not some foreign woman that he picked up yeah. in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, it, and I know he's a sophisticated, well-educated uh, person, but to just throw out an acronym like that, which at least to me is not very common. Not you know, at all. I thought NARA was the shit that you use to get the hair off your legs when you're 15. <laughs> the FBI coming and raiding Mar-a-Lago. Were they looking for the Hillary Clinton emails that were deleted, but they are around someplace? Okay. <laughs> That's part two. That's part two. What were you thinking when, when, when you heard this? Because my thought was, keep talking, fat boy. That's what I thought was, just keep running that soup cooler, fat boy. Because you are really sinking yourself even further than I ever thought you could. Hmm. If they were looking for Hillary's emails, I, I hope they were wearing hazmat suit because did you know that she acid washed everything? <laughs> it gets better every time. Were they looking for the well, spy? No, no, they may be saying they may have thought that it was in there. Okay. Yeah, a shut lot of the people fuck said up. the only thing that would give the kind of severity that they showed by actually coming in and raiding with many, many people is the Hillary Clinton the Russia, Russia, Russia stuff, or, I mean, there are, there are a number of things, the spying on Trump's campaign. So they spied on my campaign. Yeah. Let me ask you That's that. what they did. They spied on your campaign. Okay. And I think even Sean's like, I, I can't polish this turd. Usually Sean was, would rush in and go, wait, 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 what you mean? And, and he, even Sean, his, the wheels are spinning. He can't save his hero. He can't save the, the Cheeto Jesus. It's, it's death. The stuff that he said last night 
is so like if you're prosecuting this guy the justice department was like w- was whacking off this was pornography to the justice department people that are investigating him right now merrick garland had his pants down and had some vaseline and was going to town yeah and the uh, subject of course did have to come up because sean hannity's not going to let anything important get by I mean, like, he's a journalist after all. <laughs> he was, I mean, that, and I think that's the funniest part of this. As you point, Sean's uh, obvious what he was trying to do was trying to help his buddy out, his hero, the orange Jesus. He's trying to help him out, and he can't do it. He screws himself. Donald Trump screws himself 50 ways till Sunday in this interview. Even that, that 90-second clip you just played. Oh, my God. That is, that is just a bonanza to the people who are prosecuting it. Yeah, I can't understand why. He's having trouble getting legal representation of quality these days. Jesus. If you if you were watching that, you were a high-powered lawyer, you'd be picking up that phone instantly saying, yeah, yeah, can, can I represent you? Sure, you can pay me later, no problem. If, if you had real attorneys representing you, which he at one point in his life did, they would be, I quit, I'm done, I'm flying to Tahiti, you'll have my bill in the mail there's no way I'm going to represent you anymore. You just screwed yourself 157 different ways. I can't help you. I cannot help you if you're going to continue to stab yourself in the throat 190 times. I can't do it. Sean, of course, had to ask about some of the things that were uh, alleged in the press conference by the Attorney General of New York, uh, Miss Letitia. And uh, in particular, you know, how does this work? When she mentions that uh, you had a property, for instance, uh, Mar-a-Lago, which whatever you think it was worth, it wasn't worth triple or four times what it clearly is or was. How does that work? You know, why do banks lend you money? Why, do the, why does everybody go for it? And Trump made this shit up here where his answer was, well, I never expect them to take my word. Or I don't even think he used my word because, of course, he pretends that he has nothing to do with these uh, bloated assessments for uh, uh, purposes of getting loans and things of that sort, and then depressed amounts for the tax people. They never take my word or our people's words. They've got the best people in the world, these banks, and they know exactly what they're doing. So he's essentially saying, it's not my fault that the financial system is essentially corrupt and would go along with someone like me and play the game and give me more money. And then he topped that with a lie. And he said this one, how many times have you heard him say, I have no debt. I have the bet. I'm so clean. I'm, I'm in such great shape, which of course is not true. How many stories, how many months, years did you hear leading up to the election and afterwards that the Trump has all these gigantic payments that are due over the next few years that he's probably not going to be able to to make, that he's under a lot of financial pressure from these lenders. Whether they were playing along with him or not, they still want their money back. Um, so uh, between that and, 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 and again, Britt, I, I just want to talk about the, the pain I feel on behalf of the children, the children, the triplets, Ivanka and Eric and, Don Jr., these kids, these kids deserve better. Children should not have to pay for the sins of the parent. Don't you agree? Don't you agree? But these, they, no, you know what? 
here's the thing. And we, rem- we forget all these little things we know about the Trump family, the Trump organization. And uh, this gives us a chance to bring in the comparison to the Godfather and the Corleone family. Because, of course, the, the saga of the Corleone family, it begins with Don Corleone over there in Italy, right? Does, About a yeah. third of the, of the first movie, yeah. right, is in, Robert yeah. De Niro... Mm-hmm. As as Don Corleone, right, shaking, he, learning how he's going to become who he later becomes in the United States. The Don, he's in, the, right? he's, in he's in Sicily. He kills right. a very important man. He has right. to get away. Okay, so you have him, and then you have his children who mm-hmm. learn at the knee of Don Corleone, carrying on the business. Right, it's two mm-hmm. generations. It, right, there's no third generation. Right, there are no little children that are brought in. Maybe if there's a fourth movie at some point in the future, they would do that. I get that. But in the case of the Trump family, you have four generations. We're on the fourth generation of this because you had the original, you had Donald Trump's grandfather, grandfather, who was a complete crook criminal who had whorehouses out west. Right. Right. And then you had his father, yeah, right, Fred Who, Trump. He hosed black people. Really, really didn't like black people. Right. The, the the worst of the worst. All using financial engineering of the time to cheat and lie. And then you have Donald Trump himself. And now you have the Donald Trump uh, children, uh, three of the five at least, who are exactly the same way. So I don't want to say it's a genetic trait of being a Trump that you would act this way because, and I guess in the case of uh, Baron Trump and uh, what's, Tiffany. The, what's the other daughter, Tiffany, you know, they, they do have different mothers. So they, they did have, but that's not fair. That, look, um, they just got lucky that they had different mothers than the mother of these three, which is Ivana, who, uh, who just died. Um, but think of this. This is a four-generation crime family saga. It's twice as many generations as is depicted in The Godfather. That's something else. Think about it. That's unbelievable. This is how they are. This is what they do. This is how they lie. This is how they make their money. They don't care. They want to play everybody for a sucker. And... I want to believe we're closer to the end of this, that we're closer to some kind of accountability. Boy, that's a word you can't hear enough, isn't it, Britt? Accountability. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just stunning. And, and I guess the amazing is they never stop, do they, Britt? They no. just, Donald Trump does not stop. The lies that are piled on top of lies on top of the oldies. Wow. Wow. What a performance that was on Wednesday, just hours after he'd been smacked around by the attorney general of New York, just hours after the 11th circuit court of appeals made up of three judges, two of them appointed by Donald Trump himself, basically told that piece of shit down in Florida, what the fuck is wrong with you? Get the 
fuck out of the business of being a judge. You are wrong, 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 wrong. Remember, two Trump judges and an Obama judge, all three of them agreeing that there was no way that the 100 documents that the Justice Department had identified as crucial to security of the United States should be put on hold and be out of bounds for continuing investigations to see just how much has been compromised by the orange Jesus, the orange Cheeto, whatever you want to call him. Uh, so that that was kind of a, a, a terrible day for Donald Trump. He did you do some uh, did you do some research on the actual background of those judges in addition to being you know who they were appointed by? It doesn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't well, I mean, there is, there is a bit, you always kind of look these things up. Elizabeth Britt Grant went to Wake Forest University, got her bachelor's degree, uh, summa cum laude, by the way, and then her law degree from Stanford. And then the one that was appointed by Barack Hussein Obama, uh, she was born in Chapel Hill, although did not go to school in Chapel Hill. Did end up getting her JD from the University of Miami. Just a couple of right. North Carolina connections and the three judges there. Right. But see, in this case, you don't have to do that because if you have a unanimous ruling yeah. and two of the, of the three were appointed by trump right it doesn't matter you know i was hoping that they went to the fucking regent university law i hope they went to the shittiest oh. right-wing law school, and they still made yeah. the correct decision <laughs> for rule of law so that's why I, i'm surprised that trump didn't immediately identify those two judges that he had appointed as the rhino judges I didn't know. Nobody, you know, but he can't. He can't. They can't say anything. Do you, do you think that, that Sean Hannity on any level understands how badly he fucked Donald Trump last night with that interview? Do you Rick, think we, he has any idea? We've known, we've known people in radio our whole lives. Um, and I've reached the point with, with, with guys like him to not even – spend a moment on thinking doesn't he really know but he's doing it for the money oh yeah no there's I mean, no we're, question we're just we're just so oh. we're just so past that are you willing to sacrifice your entire country the entire system the 230 years for this oh yes he's the, the answer is yes with him yes, and gladly yes, yes but at the same at the same token though it was like i i have to get out there i have to do this interview with donald trump i have to save him and now he's he screwed him ten times worse than he was twenty four hours ago. Well, the see, admissions but, he made, the Rick, admissions that Donald Trump made in that interview, fucked him so badly in about three different cases. It's unbelievable what happened last night. It well, really is see, terrible. Here's where I disagree with you because if you're Sean Hannity, what you just said is not part of the end of the equation. Yeah, yeah but Sean yeah. Hannity just thinks he had a great hour. Look at the numbers. We yeah. blew. We blew whatever is on CNN and MBC off the Des map. We have our highest ratings in six months, despite this what goes on. Despite, Rick, that's the only. That's the only despite, thing that matters. Despite what goes on in Sean Hannity's sick and twisted mind, when this shows up in court and ends up fucking Donald Trump right up the ass, and Merrick Garland is going to use it against him, which is you know they say this all the time. Anything you say when you're arrested can be used against you in a court of law. He hasn't been Mirandized yet, unfortunately. This Like in both cases, in the New York AG case, he's been screwed by saying that, well, I told them the valuations, they're not, they're not true when I wrote them down. 
And also the shit that he said about declassifying stuff with his mind, it's a complete, this will be used against him, despite Sean Hannity's tremendous victory that he's taking laps around the Fox News headquarters and doing all of the things he's doing and, and kissing every girl on the street. He, he, he It's going to be used against Donald Trump well, six ways till Sunday. Well, I, I, I definitely agree with you in, in, in this way, that by having Trump publicly and in a recorded manner say things that are demonstrably false that will be used if he gets indicted and there's a court case or what he said to sean hannity of course in and of itself is not illegal again we don't put people in jail for for lying on tv <laughs> but you do get the opportunity to then bring up that subject yes and say, you said to Sean Hannity that with the wave of your hand or just by thinking Think or just by it. blinking three times, right. okay, that you can declassify documents, that you can declassify important national security materials. You did say that. Do you believe that? Why do you believe that? Who told you you should believe that? And you know that that really is not true, don't you, Mr. Trump? And I don't know how a lawyer would, would pose the question. They would be able to kill him with the material that he spewed out last night. And, you know, for the last five years, it's, it's all, you know, we've, we've seen all the, the recordings, all the video a million times. It's all there. So you're right. It, right. feels, uh, it feels actionable. It feels like something, if you're prosecuting a case, either one of the, the New York Attorney General or if you're Merrick Garland and the Justice Department, it feels like, oh, I'm going to take that down. Hang on, this fits in nicely with our case. His, his state of mind, what he did, I mean, it, there's just no way out. I'm sorry. Well, but watch out. That could be part of the insanity defense. <laughs> because only an insane person yeah. would think that here's how you declassify sensitive materials you just think about it you just think real real hard you know it's like brit you know when i was at ohio state i was having trouble in a in a club it's just flunky i'm just terrible and the night before i sat at my desk closed my eyes and said i think i'm gonna get an a i just think it's gonna happen and you know what brit i got a d that didn't work for me but you missed, it didn't uh, work you missed there it. either I think you're missing a chance for another great dated reference is that he could be like Kreskin, like the Johnny Carson where he just holds the envelope up to his head. <laughs> that's the, oh, that's, 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 wait, wait, hang on. That's Karnak. Oh, sorry. I, I, the Kreskin, Kreskin a, by the way, a, still alive. A, a the guess. amazing Kreskin, still alive. There's the Deary thing that you were talking about as the special master basically told the Trump people, I, I don't know what you guys are talking about. You're dumb as shit. That's essentially what Deary said. <laughs> As far as the declassification stuff, yeah, yeah uh, that's so. All right, I'll tell you what. Let, 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 let's run through uh, some other quickie things here. Uh, is the pandemic over? Uh, Brett Favre thinks he's Trump. Oh, or the Secret Service and the Nazis. Uh, I want to do the Brett Favre story first because this is fantastic. This is a, this has really been been fantastic over the past couple of weeks. We've not brought it up on this show, but Brett Favre is just a huge, massive scumbag. All right, so far, Brett Favre, Hall of Fame quarterback, Green Bay Packers Super Bowl ring, he's got one. Uh, has managed to 
escape legal pressure, official legal pressure so far. Um, but apparently, like Trump, he's been lying from day one about knowing anything about this little uh, scheme. And uh, there are text messages where he communicates with Phil Bryant, who used to be the governor of Mississippi, and uh, this woman named Nancy Drew, who ran a nonprofit at the center of this uh, scheme to get a volleyball court built for Brett Favre's alma mater, the University of Southern Mississippi. What's their What's their nickname? What's their mascot? Quick. The Golden Eagles, ladies and gentlemen, the Golden Eagles. And if you listen to them on the radio, you can hear our friend Bryant Williams hosting the studio show this Saturday on IMG Sports. Very good. So it, it's apparent that Brett Favre was a little bit more deeply involved in just accepting money for speeches that he never gave, which in and of itself is pretty excellent when you think about it. Um, he was getting that money funneled in there. And now we have people pleading guilty around him. It's not only that, but it's not only that, but his daughter happened to attend USM at the time that that move and play volleyball, by the way, at USM at the time that that volleyball court was being built. But, you know, Brett's already been dropped now by the uh, copper fit, you know, put the copper shit on your dick and it gets bigger. Well, wait a minute. I didn't know. I didn't know that was a benefit. Hang on a second. I'll take two. Yeah. Well, Britt, you don't don't worry. If you buy one, we'll send you the second one for free. Oh, golly, no jeepers! Doubt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Odyssey Health, that must be a big uh, healthcare company owns hospitals down there. They scrub mention of Brett from their social media channels. He's gone from there, so he probably had a hospital deal working. And now uh, the uh, FBI, which has already questioned him, may have the uh, opportunity to talk to him. Oh, you want to come back in? You got something else to say? So, uh, Brett Favre. See, this always gets to to the, these these eternal questions with really, really super wealthy people, of which Brett Favre is one of them. There's no question mm-hmm. about it. He made a lot of money. He did. He didn't play a hundred years ago before anybody made money in the NFL. He, no. Plus, he's had a few endorsements since then. He's doing okay. Right. Yeah, he's done that's all right. right. Why? Why do you? Put everything on the line, your entire reputation, put everything on the line, even for another million, if you've, if you've got a hundred million. I, oh, I, I oh, oh, Mr. Carter! I'm sorry, another dated reference. Uh, because he's a piece of shit, Brad. Survey says! Um, apparently that whole, and there you, there's a great piece you, you missed that came out last week with him sharing messages, text messages with, um, officials from the state of Mississippi going, Hey, if I get this money, will it come out in the media that I got this money? I mean, literally that's what it says in the text messages. Oh, so, so you're saying that that may prove what they call consciousness of guilt. Are <laughs> you saying that? That's what I'm Are saying. Are you saying that, sir? Uh, and apparently this this whole welfare system in uh, Mississippi is just a huge, massive trough of bullshit because the former wrestler Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man, also got caught with his tit in a ringer and the same thing a few years ago doing religious-based bullshit with the same kind of stuff. So, yeah, if you're, if you're semi-famous in the state of Mississippi and you can go ahead and uh, bilk the taxpayers, go ahead and hie thee to the pie table as they used to say. All right. We, uh, we wish Brett uh, all the oh, luck in the world. Oh, all right. How about oh, yes. Uh, a great guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, how about the Secret Service and the Nazis? This is a good sure. One. I'd like to hear this. Um, apparently, the Secret Service was aware that a notable neo-Nazi group was planning to engage in violence on January 6th, but they did nothing. They did not act on it. This is according to, and you know who these folks are, crew, the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. They are the definition of equal opportunity offenders, right? They go after everybody. They do. They look through shit. They look through to, to find out. On December 28th, so what is that, uh, seven, nine days before January 6th, a member of a group called Vorherrschaft Division, right? That's Nazis. Wrote on uh, the Telegram social media channel that they needed, quote, boots on the ground January 6th. Trump supporters ought to march into the Capitol and make them quake in their shoes by our mere presence. They emailed the information to the Capitol Police, the Secret Service. A concerned citizen also submitted several tips about a person who was driving to D.C. with ballistic helmets and armored gloves and vests and rifles, rifles and suppressors, according to the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. Secret Service spoke to the person when they flew into D.C., but it's unclear if they did anything else. Well, it's very clear. They did nothing. <laughs> they looked the other way. Secret Service has been accused of failing to adequately respond to other known threats before January 6th. So I think the uh, reason we put this out there is because when the next hearing occurs, and I think it's next week, right? The last one? Uh-huh. The big wrap-up hearing, they are going to bring up all these issues associated with the Secret Service, not just the, did Trump try to grab the wheel and uh, get into a physical altercation with a Secret Service agent who didn't want to drive him to the Capitol, excuse me, the Capitol on uh, January 6th. Uh, so, that we know th this is just one of those little background stories that makes you believe that the Secret Service has a lot of secrets mm -hmm. <laughs> that they don't want you to know about. Um, we get a lot of stories. What kind of person wants to become a Secret Service agent? What is well, their overall mentality? You, you don't want to think the worst of that. but We get a lot of stories mm -hmm. like of, of all this heroic behavior within the agency, and then there's some of this stuff that comes up. It seems like there's really a couple of elements at war within the Secret Service. It, it feels well, like Brent, I, ha I have an explanation. You know, just because there are a couple of bad apples, yeah. <laughs> the bad apples. It's, All right. Um, is the pandemic over? Is the pandemic over? All right. So the, the, the issue is, the big issue is that Joe Biden on 60 Minutes on Sunday uh, gave one of his uh, very Joe Biden-ish answers to the direct question, is the pandemic over? Yes. Yes. People aren't wearing masks anymore, as you can see. Things are basically back to normal. Yes. Okay. Well, you know what happened. It set off a firestorm because it was a pretty stupid thing to say. There's no, there's no question about it. The pandemic is over in that, no, uh, 4,000 people aren't dying every week. If that's your definition of the pandemic being over, yes, it's over. But that's not the definition of a pandemic. And it shouldn't be spoken so flippantly by a president in a country made up of idiots, most of whom never got the first shot, 
well, a lot of them got the first, but most never got the first booster, let alone the second booster, let alone the one that just came out in the last two weeks. And by you saying the pandemic is over, you have basically shut the door on any reasonable attempt, if there's even possibility of a reasonable attempt, to convince anybody who is still alive and says, well, I didn't get the shot, I'm still living, I didn't get it, or I got it and I'm fine, or what's the big deal? I don't know anybody that's getting it any. No, there's still 400 people a week dying. That's a lot of people. And yes, that's about the same level as it was back in April even. Okay, we've gone all these months and it hasn't changed very much. And uh, the discredited liar, Dr. Fauci, says <laughs> that the pandemic really isn't over, but it's a matter of semantics. He's being very polite here to the president. Um, I think the problem is, again, we think of the word pandemic as something that's quickly spreading and is really dangerous to you right now, do something. So anything less than that is not a pandemic. And so now it's just an endemic. And again, we have language problems in America, as you know, to just say it's an endemic problem like the flu, that would be more accurate. But for the president to have said that, just bad idea, Joe, just a bad idea. So wait a minute, but, I, but I, at the, I mean, there's even a fight. The Washington Post said it was bad, and then their medical person who's on their board wrote an opinion. Goes, no, I think he's right. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. So Joe Biden has to take into account that the American people are idiots every time he makes a statement? Yes. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure that we're correct on that. That, that, that has to happen. He has to make sure that the, the idiots... And you have to, again, aim for the lowest common denominator, the, Rick, the fact the, that they're Rick, not going to take something and run down the field with it. The, the, lo the lowest common denominator loves yes and no, black and white issues. They love it's either the end of the world or everything's great. And by saying just yes, is the pandemic over? Believe me, you can be a little bit more subtle and shaded and, and, and not so uh, doctrinaire as just saying, yes, it's over. It's not over. No, it's I just also, not over. The, I, I the also disease wonder. is still here. It's everywhere still. It's just we've learned how to live with it, and we've got great, great medical uh, advances that have helped us get to where we are. But the, the, the possibility of uh, another strain that could be problematic, it's still there. So you, well, should, you just shouldn't say that. It's irresponsible. I don't. I don't know how. I think the the big story is right now that their people are not going out and getting the Omicron booster that's out there, the bivalent booster that you and I have in our arms. You and I are five shots deep into this stuff, so obviously we're not the problem. But yes, the they're, the issue right now is that people are not in the numbers that they should be getting the booster that is available pretty much across okay. America for free to uh, most everybody. Well, I understand. So you you just two minutes ago said, oh, so we have to dumb things down for the dumbest part of the country. Yes. You've seen, you've seen, again, it's the latest readout of who's still going to the hospital, who's still getting really sick, and who's still dying. And it is in direct correlation with, did you get one shot, two shots, three shots, yeah, right. four shots? And um, the fact that 
we still have to present that. And it still doesn't convince a lot of people, a huge swath of America to get vaccinated. Modern medicine, it's kind of a cool thing. Yes, Britt, a lot of the American public is really stupid. And you cannot give them any reason beyond their own initial uh, uh, listening to, to, to people with conspiracy theories and other because I haven't seen this polled for a while. Here's the question. Do people die from the vaccine? What do you think the answer? What do you think the percentage of people that would say yes? 30 to that question would be 30 percent of America. This there you go. Died. OK. But here, you've been reluctant to actually box yourself education levels as whether you are getting the vaccine and or dying correct basically by and large based on education levels more educated people will get the vaccine and they will be less likely to die correct or incorrect well the the president is the president not just of the uh, well educated i understand but we're now it's the the it, it showed in areas here in north carolina everywhere else if you have a more educated level of, of populace in certain but, areas, even in around universities, whatever, those people more likely to have higher rates of vaccination and lower rates of hospitalization and death. But whatever happened to the phrase out of an abundance of caution, out of an abundance <laughs> of caution, Mr. President, please do not, please do not say that all is well. Everything is perfect. Now the pandemic is over you may go on and pretend nothing ever happened. <laughs> that, not, that not should to be mention, like... <laughs> and by the way, not to mention that there are millions, tens of millions of people who uh, may be experiencing some form of uh, long-haul COVID issues. It's not over. It, it just isn't over. Brit, is the Vietnam War over? No, it's never. Brit, is the Civil War over? Yeah. No, nothing is, the, is over. Is the 2020 election over. Is the 2020 election over? No, it's no. not over. It's not right. over. It's still oh. going on. We can't figure out who who knows what about everything. Right. Let's right. finish up with this because you had a very strong take on it last night when I brought it up. Because, again, we're going to have a number of people tonight that are not going to be able to figure out how to watch Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime. Amazon with an internal memo saying that they had a record number of subscriptions in the three-hour period for last week's football game. Uh, tonight, it's Cleveland against Pittsburgh. At least one of those teams has a national following. Uh, Amazon having, they said they got more subscriptions than they've ever gotten for Black Friday or for any other event that they've ever done in that big three-hour period of people signing up for Amazon Prime. Go, Brad. Britt, why do I care about this story? (laughs) Because it got under your skin. If you want me to read what you actually... I swear to God, that's all sincerity. Do you feel like you need to do public relations for the NFL? Do you no, feel I like don't. you need to? This is what Brad said last night on a story that he clearly doesn't care about. What pointless braggadocio is this? Of course, that should have happened since it's the only thing ever in Amazon Prime history that was so widely appealing to a new mass audience in a specific three hour period that could not be delayed to buy the offered product. Again, this is something that you don't care about now, but about 12 hours ago, you were going I don't care about it. it. And that's why I don't care about it because. Amazon Prime already has about 200 million people signed up in the United States. And by the way, they never, ever, ever talk about specific numbers. They've never, ever talked about how many people signed up 
in a three-hour period. Well, this was a football game that you either signed up if you weren't a member at the beginning or, or as quickly as you could, or you missed out on it. If the fucking new book by Stephen King comes out and everybody has to get, they don't go, well, in a three-hour period, people, it doesn't fucking matter, Britt. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's spin. It's bullshit. It's great. <laughs> of course, the NFL is the most popular sport in the yes. country. Naturally, if you limit the ability of people to get it, unless they do something, they're going to do that thing. But it's not, a. who cares? It's bigger than it's ever been. I mean, the sport is bigger than it's ever been. See, I'm sorry. You're doing, that's, don't worry. They're fine with without you boosting them up. No, I'm, I'm really worried that it's going to go away if I don't continue to bring up how popular it is. I'm very, I'm very worried that people are going to forget how, 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 how incredible it is. I'm also, I'm, I'm a little worried that the whole gambling thing is not going to be. I'm, I, I want North Carolina should be on this train. We're getting killed. It's the same thing as the lottery around here. Every other state around us, you understand Virginia has this, right? You can but just you go to what? draft you go to DraftKings and FanDuel and all that shit on your phone in Virginia and just bet on football games. Yeah. Well, um yesterday, I'm trying to remember if I don't know whether it was on uh this the same channel, CNBC, they did a big long piece about California, which of course is by far the, the most populous state where there is not legalized sports gambling yet, but there's a referendum. You know, everything gets referendumed in California. Just, they vote, everything gets voted on there. And uh, apparently this is, and every time there's something big in California, it's always the most expensive referendum ever, right? It's always the most, and apparently this one really is, because it's about sports gambling. And on one side are, you know, the DraftKings and yeah. uh, MGM Fan, Grand. FanDuel. Right, fan, they're all on one side, and the Indian tribes are on the other side. Yes, fighting it out, and I couldn't quite get a grip on it because you know how TV is—you never get the full story from from a new story about something that you don't know about. No, they want they want them to go. We, we have a similar thing in North Carolina. There's two sports books, I believe, in the state. One of them is in Kings Mountain. One of them is in Cherokee. And the, the Indian tribes who heavily lobby our North Carolina state legislature, we had a bill to legalize this stuff this year. It could have been done before football season so that millions of dollars would be coming into the state right now. But I fully believe, I don't have evidence of this, but I'm sure it would take about two FOIA requests to get that the Indian tribes were like, eh, we kind of like people to have to go here to make bets, if you don't mind, for a little while. Now, next year... All bets are off. It's going to be over. The The tidal wave will have rushed us in, right? Well, I, I'm going to ask you a uh, a, a Scott Pelley to a, a President Biden um, pandemic question, uh, a black or white question. Which is more likely to be reality in North Carolina first, Medicaid expansion or legalized sports gambling? Wow. <laughs> one or the other. Pick one. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to have to dumb this down for the stupidest people in our audience, Scott. Hang on for a second. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, no, you can't dumb it down enough to, to answer that question either way, because, of course, both of them, it's inexcusable that we have to be talking about either of them not being reality by well, now, right? But, see, there's, but, and, and by the way, George makes the cogent point. After the, the, the Donald Trump fans were going to kill the National Football League and boycott it, somehow today... The National Football League is bigger than it's ever been. But somehow they survived the huge Donald Trump boycott 
Of course, part of that was the league going, please, black people, do not kneel before the games. Please do not kneel during the – we'll do anything. See, we'll put you're, slogans you're doing, in the end zone. This is you doing PR for the NFL, and here's why. Because no one remembers that. No one cared about oh, that. Stop. No one ever seriously thought that stop. Donald Trump tweeting that you should – but you do. And now, four years later, you're acting as if there's been a a concerted effort by the NFL to make sure that Donald Trump didn't put him out of business when he You Look at the fucking games that say end racism on the helmets and in the end zone. That was their their shibboleth. That was their their little uh, message to the players. Please, if you guys stop doing this, we'll run PSAs and stuff saying that racism is bad and we're going to end it. That was basically – It worked. There is no That's more right. racism, and everything is perfect in this <laughs> That's country. Exactly See? right. That's so exactly I'm now right. on your side. The NFL, <laughs> they rule whatever they want. It it happens. You know, and and, and by, by the way, uh, just let's just may as well just keep going here on this. Uh, I'm 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 watching and I'm trying to pay attention to the whole Phoenix Suns, Phoenix Mercury, making that that uh, owner you know, sell the team, he threw in the towel and says, I'm fucked. I, there's nothing I can do about it. Please give me my million dollars uh, and I'll go away. And we talked about that on the previous podcast. But kind of more interesting to me is, and this really is a, a, a league-wide image issue, way more important, I think, than Donald Trump tweeting four years ago about anything. Because the NBA has really been out front compared to other professional sports leagues in their uh, sensitivity and their paying attention to social issues and racial issues ahead of other sports. Now, you could argue, well, that's because the NBA has been you know, more than 75% black players for a long, long time, so they kind of had to, but they didn't have to. Um, and the current commissioner, Adam Silver, has been lauded in in all circles as being kind of the perfect guy to to continue to lead this. But he's taken a hit on this story because he was ready to just, what, fine him $10 million and sit the guy down for one year for using the N-word continuously and getting complaints against him. And everybody was up in arms. The players were up in arms. It was the players that really moved this ball along and put the pressure on. The other owners didn't say a word. The other owners sat there and go, because they, they probably half of them have the same problems. We just don't know about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Adam Silver, the commissioner, he kind of dropped the ball, but he got lucky. He, he got lucky because Sarver, the Phoenix owner, soon did not be Phoenix owner after he sells and gets his billion dollar profit. He walked away from the fight. Well, he, he, he walked received... away from the fight. So Silver now can just move on and say, he. The, he, he walked away from the fight after receiving significant pressure, not only from the league. And, and again, it was some of the big stars and it was also PayPal and some other. So, yeah, he did move on. But it was and this is the sad part is that they went to people like Steph Curry and, and LeBron James and said, hey, black guys, can you save us? We couldn't do a, a worth a shit on this, but you guys need to save us on this one. Step forward and you well, do well, what the league could not do. I, I, I don't think you, ha- you don't you don't have I don't think you have this in the correct order. Adam Silver didn't walk away from the problem. He faked it and and <laughs> even better one year suspension, $10 million, which was not enough. And he 
doesn't walk away from it because of actions that he took. He got lucky here because imagine if this guy would have dug in, if he would have dug in and said, okay, I'm going to uh, spend the next year becoming racially sensitive. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. And of course, then we would all say a $10 million fine to this guy is like you and me being fined 20 bucks. It's not going to make any bit of a difference. Adam Silver got lucky. He got lucky. Well, he got his ass kind of saved now. And, and I know these are not commensurate uh, events. I know that one is not the same as the other because we're talking about internal politics, internal policies. But the, the news of the past 12 to 14 hours in the NBA is that the coach, the new coach who has not coached, uh, only coached one season in Boston, is going to apparently be suspended, it looks like, for an entire year because he had sex consensually with somebody as part of the administration. Unfortunately, he happens to be a black man. So, again, the punishment for using the N-word and mistreating your employees is the same as having consensual sex with somebody in your own organization. <laughs> I mean, again, not commensurate, but at the same time, it looks not great. No, no, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. I have a question. Yes. So there was no complaint involved here. Am I correct? No, I think, I, but I don't. I think that's part of the problem is that he wasn't necessarily forthcoming about it, and they had to find out, and then they found out, and there was an investigation. Everything was consensual, but it's still a violation of policy, and that's why he's not going to quote unquote lose his job. He's only going to lose it for a year, allegedly, based on what we're reading now. Oh, that's pretty clumsy, if I can just say <laughs> <Yeah>. it so. <laughs> Although, if I. Uh, uh, you'll, you'll know the details on this better than I do. I do believe a, another important coach of an important Boston sports franchise also was tossed for uh, illicit activities, not having to do with sex, but with cheating. Yeah. Right? Mm hmm And they sidelined him. Until the this is Alex Cora. We're talking until the, about, right? until the yep, until the suspension was over, and immediately the day they could hire him back, they hired him back. Okay. <laughs> so based on that, you would think that the Celtics are going to live up to this, and he'll be back in in the coaching spot a year from now. But there's just yeah, you're you're right. There's just something really. It looks it looks not great for the league. It looks not great for oh ten million dollars for the white guy for using the n word, repeating stuff that he heard. I don't know what that is, but that was his excuse and his his explanation. And he was gonna it was ten million bucks in a year suspension. You got to stay away from the franchise. Meanwhile, this guy gets a year because he had a consensual relationship with somebody. It it just doesn't look great for the league. Is what I'm All right, so the coach, the coach, uh, Ima Yudoke, has been in a long-term relationship with uh, Nia Long, the actress, say. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's really the issue. He's cheating on his woman. Yeah. <laughs> a, a really what hot woman. Have if he had to, uh, I don't know. Availability, maybe. I think that was uh, the problem. His job is thought to not be under threat, according to ESPN. Oh, I mean, wow. Unless, unless you're him and you go, you know, this is really causing me a lot of public embarrassment. So I, I may not want to work for you people anymore. I mean, he may, he may say, fuck all of that. I, I'm out. Britt, 
public embarrassment. This is America. This is hell yes. Way to go. Woo. Come on. <laughs>